Welcome to Get the Feck Out, a podcast for wannabe expats. If you want to move to another country, we want to help you. I'm Tara Calliman, an American living in Ireland with my family, enjoying the crack. I'm Caroline Donahue, an American getting ready to move from Los Angeles to Berlin with too many pets. Join us for episodes with practical tips and advice born from our experience getting the feck out. Here's the show. Hello, and welcome to episode two of GTFO Pod, also known as Get the Feck Out. Uh, in this episode, we are talking about housing, the uh, the issue of finding where you're going to live in your new home country, your home sweet home. Um, so welcome, Caroline. Hi. Hi. <laughs> we figured we'd just go for the scary, like the parts that are going to activate your lizard brain, at least this has been the case for me, is, okay, sure, I'm happy to move to another country, get rid of all of my stuff, or store it, or deal with it, but where am I going, really? Like, where am I going to sleep? <laughs> so we figured this was a very good place to start with our practical kind of overview. Yes, yes. And some of us were maybe a little more practical in our approach than others. But you know what? what? That's well, I'm just saying we like we didn't know where we were going to go. We I basically right. knew that we so for in our situation, we had 90 days in the Dublin area for me to interview. And so I was like, okay, how are we going to survive these 90 days? So it was a, like for the first month, we had Airbnbs. Um reserves all in different parts of the city and so that's what we did and it felt good because I knew that those were lined up and ready to go but it was also sort of like I have no idea where I'm going to be interviewing but at least we'll have a place to sleep at night do you know so that was that was our strategy was to go into it wanting to explore a lot of Dublin and check out different neighborhoods and as I'm interviewing sort of figure out how the job and the housing situation were going to fit together. Yeah, I think this is an important two different cases, and I'm sure there are other cases we will come up with. So people, please write us and let us know what your situation is. But the difference between our two situations are that Tara is way more baller than me, and she moved to Dublin having never (laughs) been there before. Never been there before. Let's just you, say that again. It can and be done, people. It can be it's done. It's bold. It's yeah. real bold. So when she was booking Airbnb, that was largely based on, I'm not sure which neighborhood I love. Now, the difference between her and my situation is that I've been to, to Berlin three times prior to pulling the plug to move there. So I went there for the first time in 2014. I went back in 2016 and back in 2018 in the spring, kind of knowing that we were going to do it. So we had a chance to do a little bit of what Tara did with Airbnb stays in renting in different neighborhoods. We Airbnb'd during all of our visits and were able to try out neighborhoods. So I think this is a good thing to be able to do is not to commit to something long term if you don't know a lot about the neighborhood, um, if possible. 
Yes, I totally agree. I think you want to go and definitely have some place set up for your first week, perhaps, um, you know, just so you can you can get over jet lag, you can start to sort of get a sense of where you're at and the layout of the city you're in and the, the place that, you know, like where you're going to be navigating, where's the train, where's the bus, all those sort of logistical things. But um yeah, if you've if depending on how many times you've been to a place, there's definitely more of that education and sort of exploration that needs that needs to happen. Yeah, I think you can do some of this remotely too. Like we spent a lot of time looking at websites, like a ridiculous amount of time. Perhaps one might be concerned about obsessive compulsive disorder. In my case, looking at apartment listings on real estate sites in Berlin and getting a sense of, okay, what does it cost to be in this neighborhood? What's a good price? What's not a good price for even just long-term leases? But we'll get into this in a minute, but there are certain requirements that have to be in place before you just up and rent an apartment for a year. So that's another reason to start with something a little shorter term, at least in the, you know, in our two locations where that's an issue. But you yes. want to, you can research from afar. You can look at neighborhood pictures on Airbnb. You can look at blogs about the city. You can read a lot about the city or country or area that you're considering moving to and get a sense of it. Um, Obviously, being there is going to give you a more full experience, but you can figure out the personality of the neighborhood you want to be in. Do you like to be out late? Do you want a lot of restaurants? I mean, do you want a lot of nightlife? Or do you want something quieter? I mean, you can figure out a good amount of things from looking at Google Maps and Street View. Is there a, you know, block of bars underneath your potential apartment building and you go to bed at eight o'clock? Then maybe that's not going to be the right fit for you. There are things like that you can do. Um, But actually being able to stay there and try it out is ideal. Definitely, definitely. And then once once you're there, you start to get a sense of, Okay, right. So this is what I like about this neighborhood. And I could see myself living here. But let's like it just I feel like once you're there, you you get stuck in and you sort of start to experience like, okay, this is how people live here. And that can really open your eyes as to whether or not that's a right place for you or or not. And I think there's a series of questions that are good to ask yourself as you're looking for housing about where you're living now and why you're leaving. So thinking to yourself, what do I love about the neighborhood that I live in? Even if there's very little, if you're really fed up and ready to go, um, you know, are there things that you really like about where you're living now? And are there things that are on your wish list for your new location? Do you Are you moving to another country because you have fantasies about walking to a market and buying fresh produce? Well, then look for where the fresh markets are. Um, you know, find the things that you are hoping to change about your lifestyle by living in a new place and look at where those resources are available. Definitely. And um, I would add to that, think practically about uh, how you're going to be traveling around the city. Are you going to be bringing a car? Are you going to be buying a car? Is it practical or necessary for you to do either one of those things? And that can also help you both limit neighborhoods based on your transport situation, but then also kind of help you to um, like... Oh, oh, right. Like maybe we could look into this other town that's a little further away because at some point we will have a car. 
like that's just everyone, you know, for themselves. But that's the kind of thing that you want to start thinking about before you're looking at housing. Yeah, and we'll do a whole episode on transport because there is a lot to think about. Um, Just one teaser on this. If you have fantasies of moving to Denmark, say, it's helpful to know things like there's a 300% tax on new vehicles. 300%. So any Americans listening will immediately understand that like a Jetta is suddenly 100 grand. So (laughs) you're you're probably not going to get a car if you live in Denmark. So you're going to think about how you're going to live without one. Yes. So with that said, we want to go through some options um, that you could consider for renting um, when you're going to move to a new place. So Tara, do you want to take us through? So you started an Airbnb and then moved on to some other situations to where you are now. You are our success case. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's a sunny day in Ireland. So it feels very successful at the moment. But um, so basically what we discovered, and I think a lot of people will discover with Airbnb is that it is a, it can be a very pricey option. So for us, it was good to book all those in advance for the first, you know, few weeks that we were there. But after that, we realized quite quickly that if we wanted to save some money and really start to feel like we could unpack our suitcases a little bit, um, was that we started looking into short-term lets. And this is something that is um, available in Ireland. You can short, you can do a short-term let for a month to you know like six weeks, something like that. But it's a much cheaper option. It allows you to like I was saying, like at least sort of unpack your suitcase and feel like you are somewhere for a little bit longer. Um, It was great in terms of for us because we found a short-term let that was in a very centralized location. And so I was able to do these different um, job interviews in different parts of Dublin from our short-term let. It also gave me an address that I could use and, um, you know, like to put that on a resume because that that really sort of like people, job hunters want to see that you're actually living in Ireland, right? That you're living in the country that you're going to be living in, right? Like you're looking <laughs> for a job and like, I'm, I'm serious about this, right? So for us, a short-term let was a fantastic solution. And um, we really, we really found it to be a, a great way to sort of uh, save some money and also extend our stays in different places. Yeah, there are options like that in Berlin as well that we've ultimately, as we're recording this, we have submitted our application <laughs> for a short-term let as well. They work a little bit differently in Berlin. And I think something also to know is that when you're moving from another country and renting a place, there is this complication and this catch-22 chicken and the egg thing that starts to play in of visas, residency, and getting a lease. So in Berlin, and Berlin in some ways is different than Germany as a whole, and we'll go into that in numerous ways over the series of the show, but there are requirements in terms of getting a lease. So you need a visa to get a long-term lease on an apartment. Like if you're moving to New York and you want to rent an apartment and you want to sign a lease for a year or two, that level of renting in Berlin, you need a visa. Now, the interesting thing is in order to get a visa, you need an address. (laughs) So there is this funny cyclical thing that happens. So the way you can get through that is a short-term let situation. And there are a couple of ways to do this, most of which will depend on your um, willingness, familiarity, or skill, or resources around 
interacting with German. So I took German in high school. I speak decent German and it's getting better all the time because of my need to interact with it. And that was part of the reason we wanted to move there um, was to increase language skill. So I'm learning all kinds of stuff. Like we don't even refer to features and apartments anymore in English. We're like, would you look at that balcone? That balcone is gorgeous. As we look balcony. at ridiculous. I mean, balcony. balcony. Correct. Balcone <laughs> is a balcony. Um, we're like, how many Zimmer is that? Which is how many rooms? So, you know, we say things like that to each other. But there are two ways you can do a short-term let. There are places that are a little bit more geared towards foreigners that will have options and we'll share links to all of these places that we're looking at in the show notes. But there are places like one that we used was Spotahome, which they're based in Europe as a whole, speak tons of languages. And once you apply for a short-term let, if you get it, then you're good. They'll connect you with the landlord and you're all set. And most of these places you seem to be able to rent from two months to up to two years. And they're furnished, so you don't have to worry about getting furniture right away. Um, but they tend to be slightly more expensive. Now there's another option, which is called Wege Gesucht, which is basically subletting directly from a German, almost like you would sublet on Craigslist. And so you're interacting with people. Now the nice thing about Berlin is that pretty much everybody speaks English or most people do. Now we made an effort to speak German in these messages because I wanted to practice and because I felt like it made more sense to me to to be, you know, to be considered. I wanted to use that language and not be sort of coming in like a tourist. Um, it makes you seem more serious. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it, I, I wanted to be polite. Like I'm basically asking to move into somebody's house while they're not in it. So we did have some conversations and talked to some people about potentially subletting their places. But because it was individuals dealing with just as much kind of chaos and consideration of moving out, the process was just going to take a lot longer. So if you have more time and you're more flexible and you have more language skill, Vega Gesucht is a good option because you can kind of play around. And it's going to feel pretty homey because it's somebody's actual place. Um, obviously, there were more restrictions because we had pets. So we ended up going with, hopefully, we're crossing our fingers as we record, a place off of Spotahome because the agency was able to handle paperwork. We could see which utilities were covered. There was sort of the comfort of that. And we were willing to pay a little bit extra for that. That's fantastic. That's such a great resource. Yeah, it was, it made a difference. And we had a woman, you know, we were emailing back and forth with her asking us, what are your requirements? What's your budget? What are your needs? And so we were able to say, you can be very specific on these places. Like I want to be in these neighborhoods. So it helps to know if, which neighborhoods you like. Um, and then doing all that research, we knew like, hmm, this place looks cheap. Like, where is it? And it was, you know, an hour and a half away. And we were pretty particular about, we don't want to have a car. We want to be able to get places by bike. And I'm going to be in a training center teaching English for business people. And I want to be able to bike to work. I don't want to be riding a train for an hour with sort of our priority list. Um, and they had to accept pets, mm -hmm. numerous pets. <laughs> so once yep. we filtered through that, it brought us down to about 10 or 15 that were available in our timeline. And then we worked from there. Yep. Once you have the job, right, that becomes such a decider for where you want to live, how you want to get into the job, all of that sort of thing. So I feel like it's one thing if 
there's a situation where people have jobs when they're coming to these new countries. And then there's a situation where they're coming and they don't have the job already. And so I think not having the job makes you definitely want to err on the side of going short with your rentals. Yeah, because if you're moving, and again, our very next episode will be about work, so we'll cover this in more detail then. But there is a difference if somebody, you know, let's say you get approached by a company in another country and they want you to come work there and they help you relocate, then a lot of this will blissfully go away or at least be handled with resources that the company has available for you. But both of us have been kind of flying without a net, deciding we want to do this and leaping knowing that at least it would be entertaining for others if if the land didn't stick. We bootstrapped our adventures. Let's put it that way. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I didn't have any external investors. So I think another thing just to consider, um, just a, a subtlety, which maybe we can talk about, and I think it was you bringing this up that initially made me think about it, is the advantage of a furnished place versus an unfurnished place and making that decision. Yep, yep. I found out very early on that the majority of rentals in Ireland were furnished. I would say like 90% of the rentals. And so right then and there, we were like, oh, sure, we're just going to like go for something that's furnished. Chances are, because that's the majority of rentals, that we'll find something and we're not going to worry at all about the furniture piece. And so that's exactly what we did. And we did not bring any furniture. And that's it's played out really nicely for us. You know, like, sure, some places you go into, you're like, eh, that couch, like, we've seen the same black fake leather couch in, you know, like, four different places now that we've lived. <laughs> but it's, you know, like, it's great. And and the thing is, some of these kitchens are so decked out because they've had a few different people that have already lived there, right? But it's like, you don't have to buy the kitchen gear that's already there. You know, like, the TV's already there. Like, all of the stuff that you're going to use is already there. And so it just it takes uh it takes this added layer of do we bring stuff, do we not? When we first get there, how many things do we need? Like it just takes that out of the equation. And so for us, it made things much more it, it simplified the process immensely. Yeah, I think our our reason for going with a furnished place at first was slightly different but had some of the same advantages, which is basically we do have some furniture that we care about at home and ultimately are considering bringing it we sort of the longer this goes on the more we're like maybe we should just sell some of it but (laughs) we have some that we're attached to and the idea was also that going for three to six months and staying in a furnished place and not committing to the expense of shipping this stuff over right away was a way to really do a test case of how are we really feeling about this experience is this Because if you pay, as we will talk in a future episode, what you have to pay to ship stuff over, you're not going to want to turn around and ship it back, you know, at least not right away. You're you're committing to stay for a while. At least we were. Um, So we didn't want to make a hasty decision about, you know, shipping a giant bed, basically, which is our most attached (laughs) item. And... um, So being able to go stay in a place and remove thinking about stuff from the equation and either getting some storage or some of the things we have friends and family who want to babysit some of our items and use them while we're gone and say you can take them back if you do come back is fine. That was a really good solution and taking a furnished place 
let us feel like, okay, great. We kind of are, know that we're going to be dealing with a lot of change, a lot of shifting, a lot of readjustment. We don't want immediately to be standing in an empty apartment that we have to populate with stuff from the get-go. We want to land first mm-hmm. emotionally and physically. Mm-hmm. It's Yeah, it's so true because knowing that we had a bed to sleep in, although we found out after we landed that we didn't have sheets for that bed. But, you know. That is so it's yeah. fine. <laughs> they landed and drove straight to Ikea, basically, is what happened. And, and it was this is kind yeah. of amazing. And it was actually... With jet lag. It was, I would say it's really good for feeling like you don't know where you are. Because when you're in an Ikea, you, you're just in Ikea. It doesn't matter where in the world you are. You're, you've been in that Ikea before. And so in some respect, it was sort of soothing to be there, you know? Um yeah. So anyway, we, we got the sheets. Everything's fine. But um, they're still there. Yeah, <laughs> they, are. they are. I'm using them right now. Um, so yeah, like I think knowing that you're not going to have to, like you were saying, like immediately come into a situation and be like, oh my God, we don't have any place to sit. You know, like that's like you want to have a comfortable place to sit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, yeah, you want to be able to put stuff down. Yeah. You want to be able to yeah. just interact with your space in a way other than lying on a bare floor. <laughs> At least I do. I mean, that's my goal. Yes. Um, because you're going to be freaking out a little bit going, oh, my God, where do I get eggs? What am I doing? You know, all mm-hmm. of these things that you'll do and at least remove some of the the freak out factor from the beginning. Yeah. And so I will talk um, a little bit about renting a place from afar, because I know that you're dealing with that right now also. But we had to do that in our situation as well, where we met a real estate agent and we worked with her before we left Ireland because I had to leave Ireland for my work visa to get processed. And so we knew I had the job, but we didn't have the place to live. And so knowing where the job was was great because it really limited where we knew we wanted to live, but we only had a few days in order to look at places. And so we were on this sort of sped up schedule to find some place. And then when we didn't and we had to leave the country, we took the number of this real estate agent and she promised to send us stuff. So we did a lot of work over email from my mother-in-law's apartment in New York City, just looking at pictures of places trying to find out where they were on google maps like is there a school nearby is this going to fit in with like what you know our new life and fortunately we had someone who was willing to help us from afar you know in this in this real estate agent but we rented our place after seeing three pictures of it you know because we were at a point where we were like we just need a place to live so sure it looks okay Let's sign the paper. And so we signed our our lease and sent over the money. And it was like, okay, well, we have no idea if it's actually going to work, but we have a place to live. (laughs) Yeah. And at a certain point, you you find yourself getting a lot less picky. I mean, we had one that we loved, loved. And then the landlord needed it for the fall. So we didn't get it. And so I started looking at other places and I was like, oh, but that one was so pretty and I love the windows. And my husband was like, let it go. Let it go. It's over. That apartment is dead to us. We're moving on. (laughs) And um, we picked another one. And is it as gorgeous? No, but it's fine. And it's got a balcone. We really wanted a balcone. In the dead of winter, we will use that balcone. But but there was just something glamorous about having a balcone. And, you know, having space and having the things that we need. And so... 
and it's got a weird bedspread, but we're going to bring our own bedspread. It's fine. <laughs> so you just know that this first landing place is temporary and that yep. if you decide that this is the place for you and that you stay, there will be opportunities to customize, change to another place. All of those things will be available. Don't get yep. too hooked on the first place. It just has to yep. be good enough. Yep. It's just a landing pad for when you get there and it's going to be the place that helps you acclimatize a little bit, but it's definitely not going to be the place that you probably stay for the entire time that you're, you know, moved into your new country. So I feel like that's a very important takeaway. Yeah. Is to sometimes just having something is better than, you know, thinking about it. Yeah. And freaking out and not knowing where you're going to go. Exactly. I want to, I want to wrap us up with one final thing to consider, which is, Knowing that what's included in an apartment or house rental in other countries is not necessarily what's included in your home country. So some things to know is that there are, for example, in Berlin, some apartments are Kaltmieter or Warmmieter, which means including heat or not including heat. Actually, not in that order. Kalt is cold. So Kaltmieter would be the, the rent without heating costs. Varmita, which is what you want, means that your heating is included. And so some there are some taxes involved in rent, there are some fees, there are utilities. And another advantage of getting the short-term let we had was that all of the u- utilities are calculated. So we're just paying one thing, we're done. Internet, all that. Power, lights, tax, heat, all in one place. So that was another goal was to simplify. We did not want to be interacting with utility companies in a foreign country from go. Yeah, Um, especially not a short term let situation because you never know like what you're getting into with previous people that have lived there or yeah. Yeah. So it's not. Yeah, I totally agree. Like you want to make sure that you understand what you're paying for and that there are no questions around uh, any incidental fees that may come up. Yeah. So whether you're renting, like doing a sublet from a person, getting a list from them with a breakdown of this is what the rent's going to be. This is what the other costs are going to be. These utilities included, these are not. So you know what you're getting into or renting from a place that will break it down for you and tell you this is included or this is not, I think provides a lot of peace of mind. At Uh least it has for us. Yes, definitely. More to report in the future once we're actually in it. (laughs) (laughs) yeah so this is our this is our episode on housing we are very excited to have you listening to the new show please check in with us let us know what you think you can tweet to me at carol donahue and you can tweet to tara me 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 at terrible yes tara as in the american spelling and pronunciation T-A-R-A-B-L-E. Yes. I said my R like the Irish or. It's, it's, it's going to, it's going to creep in. It's going to creep in eventually. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, but this is, um, I feel like housing is a sort of uh, topic that there's still more things that we could dig into. So if people have additional questions, I'm sure as we're recording future episodes, more, more aspects of housing will um, dribble their way into our conversation. So. So thanks for listening. And yeah, we're glad you're This has here. been awesome. Yeah. Thank you for listening to GTFO Pod. For show notes, links, and other fun things, head to gtfopod.com. 
You can stay in touch with us on social media with the hashtag GTFOPod. See you next time.